I want to share with you uh, a few thoughts um, in light of the tragedy that took place in Meron uh, this uh, last night, Lagba Omer, and also re relevant to our understanding of what Lagba Omer is all about. What is this holiday? Uh, somewhat little known Jewish holiday, which has become massively uh, celebrated in recent years to the point that there were 100,000 people visiting the cave uh, and mountain of Meron in northern Israel to, to celebrate the Yertzeit, the day of the death of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, one of the Talmudic sages, and to the point that a tragedy took place where uh, over, I believe, 40 people were trampled through, uh, through a crowd that, that, you know, got out of control. Obviously, through no fault of anyone's, perhaps it was just too many people there. I'm not, not still not clear what happened, but it's a terrible tragedy. And um, so I want to just discuss what this day is all about and how we can learn, perhaps, from what happened last night uh, in our own lives to become better people. So, um, Lag Ba'omer is, we're celebrating really two different things. The first thing, historically, that we're celebrating is that Rebbe Akiva, who was one of the greatest Talmudic sages who lived a generation after the destruction of the temple. Rebbe Akiva has an amazing story, and uh, I'll try to record more about him uh, on Sunday. Um, but Rebbe Akiva was the leader of the generation, and it says that there, the Talmud says that there was a plague that broke out in amongst his students specifically, and that 24,000 of his students, meaning all of his students, passed away from this plague. The Talmud describes the plague as a type of lung uh, disease, perhaps similar to coronavirus, and that they died specifically during the time between Passover and Shavuos, and that the death stopped on this day of Lagba Omer. And therefore, the days up until uh, Lagba Omer are days of mourning, and afterwards are days of rejoicing. So uh, there are others uh, that point out that perhaps the Talmud was speaking in code and that really these students were killed because of uh, a Roman decree against the studying of Torah, which took place during that time. And um, Rabbi Akiva himself was murdered by, martyred by the Romans for teaching Torah. And um, perhaps there's a connection there. Additionally, the second thing that we're celebrating is the death, as we mentioned, the day of the departure of Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai, who was the primary student of Rebbe Akiva. After Rebbe Akiva lost his 24,000 students, instead of giving up and abandoning everything, he went and he picked up five more students. And through those five students is the entire Talmudic tradition that we have passed, through, passed down by Rebbe Akiva and his students. So um, Rebbe Shimon was one of those primary, one of those five students. And what's unique about Rebbe Shimon is that Rebbe Shimon is the main teacher of the Zohar. The Zohar is the primary text of Kabbalah, a Talmudic source text, ancient text, which uh, goes through the main teachings of, of Kabbalah that we have today. So um, many of the teachings, the uh, main teachings of the Zohar were taught on the day that Rabbi Shimon passed away. So in commemoration of that, of Rabbi Shimon, who brought this incredible light to the world, Zohar means uh, a shine, a, a glow, 
and um, Rabbi Shimon, uh, in honor of the, the, the teachings that he brought to the world, so we celebrate with making bonfires and dancing and singing, and it's incredible the amount of people that gather. As you know, the number is 100,000 this year. It's been higher in previous years, which is just a sheer miracle that nothing like this has ever happened before, that it's a totally peaceful event um, and somehow orderly, despite the incredible numbers of people. So probably from now on, they'll come up with some sort of measure to make sure that it's that the crowd control is much safer because when you have such a massive event, you need a lot of security put into place to make sure that it doesn't get out of control. Um, there's different reports about whether or not uh, there was a collapse of a structure and uh, whether or not that killed people or if the collapsed structure scared people into thinking it was a terrorist attack, which caused people to try to flee the area, which caused people to get trampled. It's really still unclear exactly what happened. But um, I want to talk a little bit about the significance of Kabbalah and the significance of the death of the students of Rebbe Akiva and really what, what, what was Rebbe Akiva's primary teaching that he passed down through Rebbe Shimon, which then Rebbe Shimon revealed through the teachings of Kabbalah. So it, it's uh, very interesting that even non-religious Jews go to Maron. It's not, even though it's a Kabbalistic holiday, there are so many people that are drawn to celebrate there. And what, what is it? Is it just that it's a big party or is there something deeper that's drawing people to Meron? So Rebbe Akiva taught us very clearly in the Talmud, Rebbe Akiva says, the number one principle in the Torah is love your neighbor like yourself. And uh, it's very interesting. There are three primary relationships in the Torah. According to Judaism, there are three primary relationships in life. And those three relationships are between a person and another person, a man and their fellow, between a person and God, and between a person and themselves. And to be a whole person means that all three of those relationships are in balance. If you're emphasizing one and ignoring the others, there's a problem. So Rabbi Akiva says specifically that the number one principle, however, of the Torah is love your neighbor like yourself. And that comes from the verse, Hashem. You should love your Re'echa, which we'll explain what that means shortly, like yourself, I am God. So um, so let's, let's try to understand this a little bit better. Um, there are... It says in um, Perkei Avos, Ethics of Our Fathers, it says that there are three things that were taught uh, by one of the earliest uh, Talmudic sages, whose name actually was also Rabbi Shimon. This is a different Rabbi Shimon. This is Rabbi Shimon Hatzadik, who lived at the time of the Temple. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who we're celebrating today, lived uh, several generations later. So, but Rabbi Shimon Hatzadik, Rabbi Shimon the Righteous, used to say that the world stands on three things, on Torah, on avoda, divine service, or prayer, and on gamilas chasadim, acts of kindness. So Torah, prayer, and acts of kindness. So I usually ask people, which of these is the most important? Torah, prayer, or acts of kindness? Why is it in the, the, that order? Why does Torah come first? Why does acts of kindness come last? 
Is it an order of importance? Is it an order of which comes first somehow? And the Maharal of Prague, one of the famous Kabbalists who lived several hundred years ago, I was uh, fortunate to go to his synagogue uh, when I was in Prague last year, and uh, happens to be the oldest continuously used synagogue in the world. Unbelievable experience there. Uh, I've told you about it before. Before I'll tell you some another time about that experience. Uh, the Maharal says that these three things, Torah, prayer, and acts of kindness, fit into the three primary relationships. So which is which? So uh, acts of kindness clearly between a person and another person. Which is between man and God? So people often uh, aren't sure. Is Torah between man and God? Is prayer between man of God and God? So the Maharal explains that Prayer is between man and God. That's us communicating with God. And Torah is between a person and themselves because the goal of Torah is to teach you to truly uh, connect to yourself and understand yourself and be able to control yourself. And the Maharal makes a connection between these three things on which the world stands and the three cardinal sins that a person has to give up their life for. Now, according to the Torah, a person uh, can transgress any, any law in the Torah in order to save life, but there are three that you have to actually give up your life rather than transgress, and those three things are idolatry, forbidden uh, intimate relationships, and murder. So the moral makes a connection again between these three things. So which it's pretty obvious which is between man and God, that's idolatry, and between man and another person, says the moral, is murder, because when you murder someone you're completely disregarding them as an individual and between person and themselves he says is sexual immorality why because when a person gives in to their physical desires they're essentially acting like an animal and true relationship with yourself means honoring the true nature of your divine divinity within and having self-control so this is what Rabbi, Rabbi Kiva taught us that uh, loving a your fellow as yourself is the number one principle of the Torah, but there's a big problem with that. And many of the commentaries are confused by that first, because is it really possible to love another person like yourself? I mean, what would that mean? If you really love another person like yourself, you have to give all your money away to other people. How can you eat if there's someone who's not eating? And, and is it ever really possible to really and truly love others just like you love yourself? So some of the commentaries that Ramban explains that it means to want for others what you want for yourself. doesn't mean in action, it means in desire. You should not be jealous of others' successes. You should want them to be happy just like you want yourself to be happy. Others explain that it's talking about spiritually. And, and the problem is, is that there's a major contradiction. Because Rebbe Kiva himself says the following thing. Rebbe Kiva says, the Talmud records, that two people were walking in the desert, and one of them was carrying a bottle of water, and the other one had law finished his water and they had just a little bit of water left and it was enough that if one of them drinks it he'll be able to arrive in civilization if both of them drink it they will both die in the desert from starvation so from from thirst so what do you do so i often ask this question to people and people think that the right thing to do is let the other guy drink it but the reality is is that uh nobody says that they, that they let the other guy drink. Ben Petura says that you should both drink, and rather than what, causing or watching the death of the other, both of you drink and prolong your life a little bit longer. Perhaps someone will discover you 
and you'll you know maybe you'll make it somehow and uh, and find water. Rabbi Kiva, however, says you should drink the water. If you're carrying the water, you should drink the water. Why? Because the Torah says that your life takes precedence over another person's life. Now this is shocking. Because Rabbi Kiva himself says that loving another like yourself is the primary principle of the Torah. So how could it be that your life takes precedence over another's life? This is very, very problematic. So I believe perhaps the answer is as follows. Let's really try to understand what Rabbi Akiva is teaching us when he says, love your fellow like yourself. So if love your fellow like yourself is the Klal Gadol, the great principle of the Torah, so what's the great principle of that principle? What is it really teaching you? Love your fellow like yourself. So let's talk about the word Re'echa. Re'echa is an interesting word. It, it actually means, doesn't mean friend. It's translated as friend, but it doesn't really mean friend. It comes from, actually, the word ra, which means evil. Evil? Love your evil like yourself? So we have to understand what evil really is. So the word ra actually doesn't mean evil. The word ra comes from the root teruwa, which is the chauffeur blast that is blown on Rosh Hashanah. And it means a staccato broken note. Boop, 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 boop. The word ra, evil, means something that's broken or disconnected. So when we call our friend your re'echa, we mean your friend is your broken half. A friend is a broken piece of yourself. So what is the number one principle behind love your neighbor like yourself? First, you have to love yourself. And only then can you love your neighbor. So, and before you can love yourself, you have to be a self. You have to understand yourself. So who are you? Who is yourself? So I want to share with you that Kabbalah teaches us the number one, I believe there are a few principles that come out of Kabbalah and as were emphasized through the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov and the Hasidic movement. And I believe that those, the three primary messages, four, maybe four primary messages of Hasidus is that number one, Einod Milvado, all there is is God. God is everywhere in everything, in every experience. Nothing is random, nothing is disconnected from God. Right? The idea of evil is something that's disconnected but that's really just in your impre in your experience of that thing. But really, nothing is disconnected from God. Evil is an illusion because all there is is God. That's rule number one. Rule number two is that the neshama, the soul of a person, is a chelik elokai mimal mamish. The soul is a piece of God Himself. That means that you have within you, just like God is everywhere, within you is the greatest revelation of that godliness, the place that we can connect most to God is within ourselves. And number three, uh, Hasidus emphasizes Avis Yisrael, loving your fellow Jew, loving others, selflessness, connection, and the importance of loving the most simple people, 
that you don't have to be a great scholar, Talmudic scholar, that everyone has within them that spark of divinity. And perhaps number four, fourth emphasis of the Hasidic movement was joy. Serving Hashem with joy and being happy and working on being happy. Always, as Rabbi Nachman of Breslau famously said, uh, it is a mitzvah gedol, a great mitzvah, to be besimcha always, to always be happy. So those are really four concepts that, that come out of the Hasidic movement. And um, so the Balatanya, the author of the Tanya, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, um, says an amazing thing. In uh, the 32nd chapter of his, uh, of his seminal work, the Tanya, um, 32nd chapter, which 32, number 32 in Hebrew is, spells out lev, which means heart. It's called by some the heart of Hasidus. Says that how does a person truly, how is it possible to truly connect to another person? How can you love your fellow like yourself? How is that possible? So he says something unbelievable. He says that the at the root, on the soul level, we are all one. The entire Jewish people is one soul with different bodies. So he said on the bodily level, if we live as bodies, so it's impossible to love another person like yourself. But if you identify that you are truly a soul and that your body is just a vehicle for your soul, but your soul is your true identity, you are a soul, but you have a body, so then you can really and truly love other people really like yourself. Why? Because they are yourself. So this is unbelievable. So he says that the true litmus test of a person's spirituality is their ability to love other people. If you truly love other, if you're truly connected to your soul, you are other people. You realize that we're all one, we're all connected. It's an unbelievable idea. So today I was blown away. Today I learned the 33rd chapter of the Tanya, which is like Lagba Omer, is the 33rd day of the Omer. So here he says something just unbelievable. He says that. The, our mission in life is to create a dwelling place for God on earth, to bring together spirituality and physicality. And he says the number one way to do that is to meditate on the fact that there is nothing but God, that the entire universe is filled with godliness. And as we mentioned, this, the number one principle that we learn from Kabbalah is that all there is is God. And then he says that if a person truly meditates on that, he will come to such joy that every moment of his life will be filled with emuna, faith, that everything is one, and his life will be filled with joy. And he says that really the entire Torah is really just one mitzvah, that there's one mitzvah that the purpose of the whole Torah is to bring you to emuna, faith in the oneness of God, and through that, you'll come to fulfill all the other mitzvahs of the Torah. So I really, we really have here in these two chapters, the whole foundation of the Hasidic movement is connection to the soul. Kabbalah is the science of the soul and the science of God. Recognizing that all there is is God and that God is within you. And when you truly do that, then you're able to truly love others. So if we look back at the three principles that we mentioned, Torah, prayer, and acts of kindness. So Torah, as the Maral explained, brings us to love ourselves, to connect 
to our soul, to recognize the godliness that we have within, the ability to transcend the animal drives of our body. And through that, we recognize that God's within us, that we have a divine soul that's literally a piece of God. And then when we recognize that, then we're able to do acts of kindness to truly recognize that everyone is part of us, is an extension of us. And that's really what the verse is telling us. Love your neighbor like yourself. I am God. Love the Yurecha, we said. Love the broken piece of yourself like yourself. Recognize that within you is a soul. Within that soul is God, and therefore everyone else is also part of that soul. You have in that verse all three relationships. Love your broken part like yourself. I am God. And that is Rabbi Akiva's teaching. And through the teaching of Kabbalah, that teaching is brought out into actuality and through the Hasidic movement into a way that we can all grasp and connect to, learning to truly love the divine spark within ourselves and within each and every one of us. So now we can begin to understand perhaps why the students of Rabbi Akiva died during this time. The Talmud explains that the reason the second temple was destroyed was because of something called sinas chinam, hatred amongst each other, baseless hatred. You know, we, we have all sorts of issues with our friends and our neighbors. We don't like the way someone dresses. We don't like uh, the way they mow their lawn. You know, like my grass is actually right now, our lawnmower has been broken for the past two weeks. I just got a call that it's ready. I'm going to go to the shop and pick it up because a few years ago, one of our neighbors called the cops on us because our grass was too high. So, you know, things like that. Of course, we should cut our grass, but sometimes your lawnmower breaks down. And it's actually amazing that a few people in the neighborhood texted me to let me know that we could borrow theirs because they heard ours was broken. Just a beautiful thing. But uh, we always we find issues with each other. And oftentimes the issues we find with others are really within ourselves. So the temple was destroyed because of baseless hatred. And for those that explain that Rabbi Akiva's students were killed by the Romans, that could be an extension of that baseless hatred. The Talmud explains why were Rebbe Akiva's, did Rebbe Akiva's students die of this plague or, or at the hands of the Romans. The Talmud explains because they didn't show honor to each other. How could that be? How could the students of Rebbe Akiva who taught love your neighbor like yourself, how could they not show honor to each other? So perhaps the answer is, is that they were focusing on the love yourself part of Rebbe Akiva's teachings. That the primary rule of the Torah is love your neighbor like yourself but in order to do that you have to love yourself and they thought I don't love myself yet how can I love my neighbor but the, they forgot the main point is that the goal is to love others that's the goal we can't lose the forest from the trees so what does this have to do with us perhaps perhaps we can learn from this tragedy that took place in Meron where so many people were going to dance to be together because there is something so powerful about the connection to each other which takes place through the learning of Kabbalah. And in fact, the uh, many, many uh, teachings in the Kabbalah itself says that through, the Zohar says that through the learning of Kabbalah will bring the final redemption. That the Jewish people redeemed, the world will be redeemed, the Messianic era, world peace will come about through the learning of Kabbalah and we can kind of understand why that is now. Because if baseless hatred is what destroyed the temple and sent us into 2,000 years of exile, so it's through loving each other that we'll be brought back to our land. Now, 
it certainly was at no fault of anyone's that this tragedy took place, except for perhaps that there weren't enough uh, enough security safety measures put into place. But perhaps we can learn from the fact that when a person, God, God forbid, in such a tragic way, tramples another person, what happens is that there's a, a self-preservation instinct which is taking place of looking out for your own life, and you have to do that, right? If you don't push, you get pushed. And and I've been in crowds in Maroon many years ago. It was so crowded, and there were moments where I was like, oh my gosh, this is scary. And that survival instinct takes in. We have to remember that our job is to always learn how to put others, not above ourselves, but equal to ourselves, because we're all in this together. So again, I, I'm not one, I have no, no place to comment on what happened to understand really why it happened, but perhaps we can learn from it in our own lives to work on brotherhood, unity, community, and love of each other despite our differences. I want to wish you all a beautiful Shabbos, and hopefully this type of tragedy will not occur again, and we can really connect to the beauty of this day and the, the fire, the flame of the soul which is represented on this day, why we light bonfires, because the soul is compared to a candle, but on Lagbiyam Bomer, all the candles become one.